Nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Okay, Kathy and I did an article for CNBC talking about some of the most commonly confused words and mixed-up phrases that we've seen in English. Well, and then our basic idea for today is to talk about, one, which is correct, which way of using these words is correct or phrases. Two, is this a big deal or not? In some cases, we think it's a big deal. You may not. Kathy may, yes. I may know. It's all mixed up. Most of these words and phrases, we think you'll know pretty clearly and confidently the correct definitions and correct usages. Although there's one that's a big surprise that Kathy thinks is the most <laughs> dull thing of all. It's a space-related word, which I'm fascinated by. I got it wrong. Kat says, who cares? We're not astronauts. But whatever. I thought it was True. interesting. I'll ask you that one towards the end. And then we'll just start from here. The first one, we're going to read a sentence. And then you're going to immediately and brilliantly tell us what's wrong with the sentence. I have no doubt. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're counting on you, Fletcher. <laughs> I'm still licking my wounds from last time around. <laughs> we can always stop the tape, redo it. Fletcher, brilliant <laughs> after all. But whatever. Okay, this one's from Business Insider on MSN, MSN.com. Came back. It came a few years ago. Uh, most of these words, incidentally, are commonly misused, even though most of us will probably know most of them in terms of correct usage. But anyway, here's a sentence. This woman practiced gratitude for a year and was stunned by how it affected her health. Oh, well, it sounded like you said affected. And yes, so it, yes. it ought to be affected uh, because practicing that, pra practicing gratitude, um, uh, affected her health rather than, than created health for her. Brilliant. A hundred percent correct. <laughs> Yay! We're off to a big start. Whew. Yeah, this actually is one that um, Ross and I were surprised. It's one of the most common errors Barron's, the SAT preparation course, uh, cited. Switching the two of them, they said it's one of the most common errors students make. And it's, this is obviously an article that was on the business site of MSN, and they made the mistake, and we see it constantly. Although, as you noted, most of us, I think, know the right answer, but I think everybody gets sloppy. But it's like, right affect is almost always a verb it means to act upon or to make a change to something and effect is almost always not always but almost always a noun and typically means that uh something happened and and there was a result from something acting upon it i mean then i mean it gets a little more tight i mean sometimes affect is a noun like in psychiatry when you say someone has a flat affect and sometimes effect can be a verb <laughs> i hate english you know when you say something affects a cure but normally it's what we said affect uh almost always a verb effect almost always a noun the weird thing is is because they're so similar you'd think they came from the the same um root but this surprised me they don't no i'll throw in a dull little mini latin lesson they both come from two different Latin words that are relatively related. The Latin word, effect, I mean, effect comes from a Latin word, afficere, the, ber, the uh, verb meaning to treat, to afflict. Effect comes from another Latin word, et, as you may guess, with an E in front of it, efficere, 
one thing is to, the one problem we always get into in English is the A's and the E's attached to uh, words. The Latin A uh, in this case comes from a Latin word, uh, Latin preposition ad, meaning to, and the E in effect of Latin uh, preposition ex, meaning, and the X dropped off, meaning out of. And that gave us two different words and two different definitions. It sounds like those two words are quite similar sounding in Latin as well. Do you have any idea if people screwed them up in Latin? I, that's a really interesting question. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking of looking at um, Petronius and at uh, Plautus, both of whom like tried to uh, redo, tried to like recreate vulgar, you know, the, the voice of the common people. I don't recall it in either but my guess would be i'm sh almost positive it probably did occur oh i'm sure i mean they were I mean, the ancient romans were just as like you know sloppy as as modern day americans don't you think i think a little less sloppy <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> oh come on i'm just kidding no i doubt it i think they were probably just like we are in many in most ways next word though now this one is an interesting one i'm going to read it to you fletcher and uh, it's a long sentence um it's a Facebook posting from uh, the Spring Valley Area Command. And it says, Spring Valley Area Command SVAC has a community-oriented policing team that wears many hats. Ross, I'm, I'm interjecting. You read it wrong. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> go, go on, Kat. Back Cut me up. out. Rewind. This is, no, don't rewind. Let's keep going. This is, this is, this is a... A killer for me too. Go, cat. What he should have said. Okay, it's from um, a, it's from a police department, and they're saying Spring Valley Command has a community orientated policing team that wears many hats. Ah. Between outreach and community engagement, I'll stop there because someone someone just made an interesting sound, <laughs> which I think points well, up to I the mean, problem. I, I for two reasons. One, I I know what you would have been getting at, and two, you went. I I heard the difference between what you said and what Ross said, so I already know. You know what the problem there is. Of course, it's it's orientate. Um, although, in, in, you guys are going to get into this probably, but that has been around for a long time and is really common in British English, right? You're absolutely right. Orientate was the was the uh, the word at issue here, and we actually included this because we got an email from a fellow Seattleite named Darren who was talking about different pet peeves in language because he's been enjoying the podcast. And one of them, he said, was orientate. He said, how about orient, to point to relative to the points of a com compass. Then you hear people say orientate or orientated. It's just orient, which he said with great gusto. And both Ross and I, I don't know, actually, I always agreed with Darren. I always gnashed my teeth when I heard people say orientate. I'm the same way, completely. I completely said the same okay. thing. I never would say orientate. Remember my friend Margaret, who's a Brit, always said orientate, and I would like politely keep my mouth shut. But you're absolutely right, um, and this gets into the whole British thing. You're right. It, it, orientate is not incorrect. It's just not as widely used here in the U.S. Um, a lot of people insist that it's a back formation. It's supposed to be used humorously. I found this online. They said, oh, it's used to make a speaker sound pompous. But that's, that's actually untrue. But the same point, though, I really can't help it, but I hate orientate. I mean, and we heard that. I automatically corrected the uh, the reading I did to Orient. I cannot say it. I don't think we should. I don't think it's a big deal. I think if anyone says Orientate, that's fine. Obviously, it's completely correct. But I would never use it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I don't like it at all. Um, I don't 
I no longer correct people, and I haven't for a number of years, though it still bothers me when I hear it. But it has been something that people have used for a really long time. I mean, a really long time. Yeah, that's what surprised me. It's been used since, um, I think it was Merriam-Webster online, was saying that orient as a verb has been used since the beginning of the 18th century. Orientate started being used in the middle of the 18th century. So it's not as if... um, you know, it, the implication is that people started saying it to set, you know, to sound like highfalutin, and that's not the case. And it's been used widely. Um, Ross found a bunch of examples of it used, like I think it was Tennessee Williams put it in um, the Roman Spring of Mrs. Stone, Algis Huxley, uh, Auden, the poet. So I mean, it's it's not abnormal by any means. And I, I swear to God, though, I would have always said it was wrong. I would have said it was wrong, too. And if I heard someone say it, I would have probably hesitated and, almost, and tried to correct them, or at least internally correct them, you know, in my own mind. And this is the one danger with English sometimes, where uh, we are indeed separated by different dialects, etc. And we t- sometimes very confidently assume someone is speaking incorrectly, when indeed they're they're perfectly well within the mainstream but it is also a good reason not to use it because there are going to be a lot of people like us and like the people who wrote into you who uh, don't like it and and are going to think a particular thing of you if you use it precisely we had mm-hmm. that discussion a while back totally with, agree we had that discussion with fort f-o-r-t-e it's his fort yeah technically yeah. it's fort but now so many people said forte even though that would be technically incorrect everyone says it so what do you do when you use it you go fort forte well i mean fort sometimes said forte you know it's ridiculous <laughs> i say strength yeah <laughs> right exactly yeah okay, here's the next one here okay this is um utah woman's coach i just heard it actually last night as well and watching formula one i have been really impressed with our team and how they have managed the situation i know they are chomping at the bit to compete again and we can't wait to get the season started right uh, this goes to uh, all the way back to the, our very first episode and the intro to our very first yes. episode of this entire podcast uh, when we gave the example of chomping at the bit versus champing at the bit. And the proper term is champing at the bit. However, to champ isn't that much different from to chomp, so I don't really blame people. No, actually, the word um, chomp came from champ. Champ is the original <laughs> word. See, there you go. Yeah. In, in older English, and then chomp actually uh, sort of chomped up every other aspect of it and this is the only thing as we talked about that remains but I, I think that was interesting because Kathy found some interesting uh, engram stuff on that well that was a chomping is now much more popular than champing I mean which I, I, I defy you guys to tell me how many times in the course of a week you hear someone say champ at the bit well actually you probably don't hear chomping at the bit that often either but whatever um, according to, you know, the Google book M. Grand, that's how many times it appears in a book in print. And um, chomping at the bit was 75% more common than champing at the bit. Um, and, and you just hear it when you just look at anything. It's champing, champing is, is definitely on the, on the downswing. They're both on the downswing, interestingly, the, the phrase itself. But chomp is much more prevalent than champ. Chomp is still fairly frequently mentioned. And I, I mean, I, I hear it. I was trying to like, when we started this thing, I was trying to listen for it. And last night I was watching a replay of the um, Formula One race. And, uh, and so-and-so is chomping at the bit, trying to get ahead of Hamilton or something like that. We do hear it fairly frequently still. The downturn is very slight with chomp. It's much more dramatic mm-hmm. with champ, 
actually. But see, this is one where, I mean, if you say chomp at the bit, I mean, I don't really care. Would you correct someone? Champ, chomp, does it bother you? Here's what happens for me is if they say chomp, I'm like, okay. And if I actually hear someone say champing at the bit, then it gives me a little smile. And that's about as far as it all goes for me. I'm the same way, but I, for some reason, there, I don't know, for some reason, this one stick, sticks in my head and I still really prefer champing. I have no idea why. I don't know why it's, it's sort of a big deal for me just to hear it. I will smile very confidently when someone says it. But Okay, well, we're saying champing is, is, is if you're champing at the bit, you're, you're playing with the bit, not you, the horse is, playing with the bit in his mouth, right? Because he wants the race to start. Gnashing its teeth on the bit. You're worrying the bit. Okay, so then chomping, couldn't you argue that chomping at the bit is, is, is like almost exactly the same act? Yeah. So why not? But, it, I mean, it came from the same word, but chomping apparently technically has more of the um eating it the thing you chop down something it has more of an eat feel to it champ nowadays has more of a like kind of worrying it playing with it i mean you might say sort of uh, this is getting really way arcane <laughs> but you might say that a horse chomping the bit could be trying to eat it champing it's just chewing it noisily i think that's going way too far ridiculous <laughs> degree of jaw movement is what we're talking about here yeah, no. and can i take us off track just slightly because you brought up the sports thing and this popped into my head i've noticed and i don't know how long this has been going on i suspect a very long time this isn't a new thing that i've noticed but it, it i noticed over the decades the term on track turning into untracked Wow. So someone will say uh, they're trying to get or he's trying to get his uh, his offense untracked when the phrase ought to be. He's trying to get it on track. But but wow. people are using the opposite phrase. You almost are right. as if Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and it's, it's sort of been a change over decades. A lot of people say untracked now. Um, you'll hear it all over the place, all over sports. But I'm not really sure. I mean, I can I can sort of see in my head why that happened, but I'm not really sure why the whole shift happened. Well, I mean, it's obviously the sound is so is so obvious to people. I mean, the sound gets into their heads, and they don't. Then the word loses the 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 meaning. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I just looked it up. I got curious, and the New York Times had a thing um, saying that it started. This was from 2015. It started as getting untracked was uh, climbing out of a rut in horse racing. Oh, okay. Wow. So could it be a variant? Yeah. Absolutely. What? Which I'd never heard in my life. So it's possible I'm wrong. That's really interesting. Yeah. Although, I mean, it could have been, but it could be an erroneous substitution then. It came That's from that true. one yeah. area and then it it glommed on to the, to the other meaning uh, in that sense. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a genesis from horse racing isn't that surprising. I mean, that, that was a huge, huge sport, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, getting yeah, on track... Getting on track and saying they're getting untracked, or they're, they're opposites. And I do think the horse racing may have been the initial impetus for it, but then it must have leapt over into the on track in a, in a different sense. That was what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, some people say it's an egg corn, which is, you know, meaning it was supposed to be on track and it just ends, you know, and it is. Yeah, I'm just looking. This has actually been a, been a subject of much discussion in linguistic circles, Fletcher. Interestingly, I tend to think more the sports writing. They said untrack started out in sports writing uh, uh, for the track, but I think that it's not. I think it, what, what Ross is saying. I think it's really the on track gut. Gut. I, I actually do. 
Yeah, that's my guess, too. The sound was... And we can now say logically it came from Untracked from horse racing because it's in sports, but I don't th- I don't buy it. Yeah. Or we have, like, subconsciously, we have Untracked from horse racing, which we know is correct, or some people do, and therefore when someone says it in a different context, we think it's that word anyway, even though the it, the Untracked mm. sounds like it. I know, it gets really confusing. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really fascinating. I'll, I'll look into that a little bit more. I didn't realize... Uh, I didn't realize a lot of that. Okay, we can move on. Okay, our next one. This is just a quickie. This one that just drives us both crazy, and we're sure you know it. Fletcher, how do you get copyright protection for your book that you're writing? And in this case, or you may be writing, or perhaps you will write. Or you should be writing. How are you going to get copyright protection for your book? Spell copyright. I mean, it's copyright, like the right to the copy, uh, R-I-G-H-T, right? Perfect, yes. This one, we put in the article because we see this everywhere including just the other day kathy pulled up uh an ad for copywriting symbol images and it was spelled w-r-i-t-e copy c-w-r-i-t-e it's always used it's always wrong and i don't know we don't both cannot figure it out but the other day i was trying to write copyright and i wrote with the w automatically and then corrected it (laughs) so but the problem the problem is copyright with a w is also a word right um, actually, copywriter, copywriting. I mean, yeah, but copyright by itself is not a word. Interestingly no. enough, fair enough. All right, you write copy. You don't copyright. Yeah. Okay. But you, but you are a copywriter. You're a copywriter who writes copy. And and what you're doing is copywriting. Right. But but you do, <laughs> but you can't copyright. <laughs> no. Exactly. The funny thing with me, and this is a very minor point, but. Fletcher, when you said it, you know, it's like the right to the copy. I don't know about you guys. I don't think that way. I think of the word copyright as like, it's a thing. It's a copyright. It never really occurs to me that right there, it's the right to the copy. I mean, it's it's such a stupid, stupid point I'm making, but I don't think I ever think of it that way. <laughs> no, we think of we think of words. We don't really, when, when they're portmanteaus, when they're stuck together, we don't tend to really think about the individual meaning of the word at all. We just think this is, that really got me when I was a kid with New York. I never really as a child thought of New York being a New York. And I remember I told my father mm-hmm. I'd learned how to say New York in Spanish. And he said, how do you say it? I said, Nueva New York. I didn't hear the new. And he goes, no, oh, it's Nueva York. Yeah. And I said, no, it's Nueva New York. Cause it's, Spanish New York. I did not understand, but it fascinated me even then. Like I didn't hear the new. I just thought New York is a, is a place. Well, it's kind of like semiotics because I mean, in effect, the word is the symbol ultimately, as opposed yeah. to like the the word really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And well, copyright is. Should I have more coffee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this this chunk of letters has the meaning. It's not it's not breaking it into. Yeah, a, right. yeah. yeah, like copyright. As I said before, to me, doesn't really mean right to copy. It means it, it's copyright. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's just the sound mm-hmm. as opposed to the, 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 the meanings. Whatever. Um, this one, I'm just, I, this I'm just going to just throw in because I thought this was stupid. This we saw, <laughs> to be blunt, this cropped up on a lot of lists we were looking at to see what were the most commonly confused um, words. And this is, um, I, I kept finding it though when we looked at it. It's deep-seated 
deep seated or deep seeded. Right. I yeah, I see both of those a lot. Um I think it's it's seated S E A T E D, but the other one makes a lot of sense. It's interesting. You're right. It, it is seated, not seeded. And I mean, and as I said, I never knew that seeded was out there. And we started looking, it was like I found Seattle station news station here quoted a fire chief saying a fire car fire was deep seated in the back of a car. A documentary talked about the countries, the U.S.'s deep-seated racism. Something else said football has a deep-seated tradition. And that surprised me. Yeah, actually, though, it doesn't really make... The other one, I think, makes sense in the sense of sports when you're seeding, you know, for a tournament. So you might say deep-seated. Uh, that would even be weird. How would you seed deeply for sports? <laughs> well, but what I was thinking, and probably you have this idea too, is is that somebody's put the seed deep in the ground, and so it has whatever you're dealing with has really deep roots, which obviously would be a mm -hmm. better way to say that. But but I mean, like it's not that surprising that people would make that mistake. No, that's that's actually that makes sense. Although you probably, I think Kathy's husband would probably say this you probably shouldn't overly deeply seed seeds anyway well that's another issue <laughs> <laughs> well it depends actually i could bore you a little bit about botany but i won't because i've been bored by it never don't tell my husband i said that um, he doesn't listen to this does he <laughs> one thing that surprised me when i was curious like what is deep seated me though because in a weird way deep seated sounds more logical as as fletcher just said i mean what's a deep seat I, mean, I, 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 I get a very odd picture in my mind of that. But um, where did the deep seat come from? Oxford says it's a seat far beneath the surface. Um, Garner, uh, several other people say, which sounds plausible, but I haven't seen it in the dictionaries as it comes from horseback riding. You're sitting deep in the seat. Aren't you supposed to be like... I, I, don't, a, I don't know. I don't horseback ride. So. I don't ride a horse. So... <laughs> so so it could be from either way. The most definitions have it as a, a seat far beneath the surface. In other words, it's sighted far beneath the surface. And I'm not satisfied with either. I don't really say it that much anyway, so I think we'll just leave it there. Um, so what do you think? You think that it's okay to say deep seed, Ross? Oh, no. I think I would say deep seeded. No. Yeah. I, I would too. Yeah. If, if you're, I mean, when you say it out loud, it's hard to tell the difference really. But when you're writing it, I, I think you ought to write seat, S-E-A-T. Yeah. I agree. Okay, Fletcher, the next one now comes from the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission report. It's not too technical though. The suspension order required East Tennessee to schedule AOS surface, uh, service on a first come, first serve basis for all other interruptible services. That's a very confusing sentence. So do you want, if you're- yeah, really? Well, I, I, I assume you're talking about first come, first served, but maybe you didn't say served? Yes, you got it. Okay. First come, first serve is, without the D is everywhere. And the idea of the obviously first come, first served means customers who come to a store or place first get served first. Without the D, it sounds sort of like the first person has to serve everyone else, which is not much of an advantage for early birds. But this one we heard all over the place, and we've seen it all over the place. I don't think it's a big deal. It reminds me of um, daylight saving time versus daylight savings time. I've always been guilty. I think we discussed it as a, of saying daylight savings time, which is it should be daylight saving time. I don't really mind either way. I don't know what you guys feel. Yeah, it's, yeah I it, don't really care. It's not a huge deal. I, I mean, if you know, if I were... If I were writing it, I'd 
probably I mean I, I personally would would write first served with with the ed or with the d on the end uh, and if I were anyone if I were suggesting to anyone else I'd say you know try to be conscious of that I guess but it's not a huge deal no I don't think so either mm-hmm. that said I've got to say when you see it in print it looks really it looks really wrong and, and irritating yeah and that's why I say you know maybe advice ought to be you know be try to be conscious of that yeah but I, yeah, I agree with both of you it's just eh, you know it's a minor it's a minor transgression the f- next one is a major transgression. <laughs> and this one, there's no way you're getting this wrong, Fletcher. If you do, I'm never speaking to you again. Wow. We've got a real issue. <laughs> SportsIllustrated.com. About the Steelers' first draft pick. For all intensive purposes, oh, okay. it's right. a great problem to have. <laughs> right. So we've uh, we've talked about this one quite a few times. Of course, it should be intense and purposes. And and I think Ross, you even embarrassed yourself as a, as a young person oh, with that well, one. I was trying to impress a young woman at at university, and I I said for all intensive purposes, and she sort of sneered at me and said, "What did you say?" And that. Correct usage has been seared into my brain ever since then. So, I'm assuming that you didn't have a great time when no. you got to that. Did you? No, I didn't. She was not very impressed. For all intents and purposes, um, I want to just point out that uh, we're just going to be quick on this one because yeah, we've talked about it. And as I said, Fletcher, if you'd gotten this wrong, you would have been dead to me. I mean, that would that but, would have been um, the end of this podcast. So that was that's what guys, was on the line. <laughs> you and Ross could have gone on, <laughs> but um. I personally think that for all intents and purposes ought to be uh, frowned upon as well. I think it's a really irritating phrase, even correctly. What do you guys think? I don't know. In our book, we had said you could always substitute with essentially or things like that. But let's just look at that sentence. Uh, The Steelers' first draft pick. Essentially, it's a great uh, problem to have. For all intents and purposes, it's a great problem to have. I kind of like the cadence of for all intents and purposes at this point. I'm okay with it. I, I um I guess I can see where you're coming from, Kathy. It I mean it doesn't have I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah, I am sort I of really too. Am. I'm like... not crazy about it. I'm not it it well you know me. I I, I like stripped down prose. It, to me it's a little stuffy. But essentially But I see so... what you guys are saying. It's like it does have a little more like, you know, punch. It's like for all intents and purposes, it's great. Whereas, like, essentially, it's a great problem. It doesn't sound as elegant, but but I'm not crazy about it. I, I do like the rhythm of it. And also, it's a phrase. I mean, people know what that means, basically. You're not really, like, making your language more stuffy, I don't feel, by, by using that. It's a phrase people understand. Yeah. I think essentially sounds stuffy. Essentially, actually, I'm going to take it back. I'm, like, looking at it and thinking about it. Because essentially actually sounds, like, flat. Yeah. And it also doesn't quite get the same, give you the same impression, does it? No. Essentially, I, I, just I, sort of sounds like essentially, for all intents and purposes, has a little more weight. It's more like, yeah. I like I'll, it I'll, I'll save my argument for begs the question, which drives me Whoa! crazy. <laughs> Are we getting there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm taking the gloves off. <laughs> okay, here's the next one here. This is a PBS NewsHour, Yamish Alcindor. Well, the president, as well as Republicans, are really honing in and focused on one moment from yesterday's debate. Sure, and that should be homing in rather than honing in, and that's a really, really common mistake. Okay, we got we got an email actually from this um, on that, and and the individual was just ready to scream about this one. He said that um, 
he he was a big uh, avid com- computer user and he kept hearing homing in homing on this and that and then suddenly more recently he's seeing more and more um honing in he was suggesting that the homing in came from pigeons which is correct he suggested possibly also baseball runners seeking home plate but that's not correct but um it's changing to honing in right now and the horror of this one, I think they sound so similar, it's easy to make that mistake. But we were discussing which words from the article to put in. And then I mentioned something to Kathy about honing in on the correct words. And I said honing. And Kathy caught me. And, and I, I think it shows properly. how easy it is to, to, to make that mistake. I have to say something, because I hear it constantly on news in particular. I, I don't know why. Is it because they're talking more about like focusing on stuff? And it's beginning, I hate to say it, honing in is beginning to sound right to me now. I know it's not right. I know it. it's it's sharpening versus like returning home, you know, like homing in like a radio signal. But it sounds right to me now. And I would argue that because it sounds right, we go back to the like, um, you know, changing of English. Because honing in, you could argue, is sharpening your point. You're, so you're making it a sharper, more focused. Couldn't you argue that? That's a nice argument. I like that argument. Thank you. I'm not as dumb as I look. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of think that's stretching a little bit. I, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a, a bad explanation. But <laughs> but having said that, this ship has sailed. It's it's honing. It's going to be honing. As you said, it's starting to sound right. People say it all over the place. I, I don't, and I, and I and I don't like it really. But but that this this that fight's over. The homing people have lost that one. Although that said, though, I, I think, think we need right. to get back to one important point. You know, Merriam-Webster will say, well, this is how it's being used, so therefore we have to basically accept it. And I agree to some degree we do. But I would give advice to someone writing anything for business or for anything like that to say home and to be very careful about saying home in. I wouldn't want I would notice if someone did this in a, in a job application to me. I'm honing in on mm-hmm. your uh, your company. And I would think automatically, even inadvertently, that this person is probably not as capable of someone who has more correct uh, grammar. Don't you guys yep. think so in that sense? The yep. thing that gets me, though, is now I'm wondering, okay, because honing in uh, really seems to have started in the uh, end of the 20th century. It, it started, I, I, from what I saw, it was like the mid-1960s you saw honing in. Up until that point, you really had only seen homing. By the year 2000, they were 50-50. Home in, hone in are 50-50. I would be willing to bet hone in now is, is above home in. Mm-hmm. I think it now, is, my actually. question is, if it keeps on this trajectory, won't it be okay just to say hone in? I mean, are we talking about chomping and champing? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> the problem with language always is, is it changes while we're still in it. and It's hard to figure out what to say correctly. There's no, I mean, that's the one beauty of dead languages is because you can, you know, you know exactly what to say when you're trying to do something. But it's hard to hold a conversation in Latin, you know what I mean? Okay. This is we're going to go to one that I think is absolutely ridiculous and stupid, but Ross loves it. So, boy, I have I have had a I'm a little feisty today. <laughs> but this is this is Ross's pick. I just I just want it, I want it on the record that I personally think it's fine to use any of these. Go, Ross. <laughs> this fascinated me, and it did not fascinate Kathy whatsoever. And I did not know any of this. I'm going to read you the Daily Mail from a couple of years ago. Did a UFO hit the Russian meteorite 
and blasted to smithereens? Conspiracy theorists' extraordinary claim after new footage emerges. Did a UFO hit a Russian meteorite and blast it to smithereens? Conspiracy theorists' extraordinary claim after new footage emerges. Okay, um, I guess there are a lot of things you could be getting at there. One thing that pops out to me is is conspiracy theorist. This isn't really related to a conspiracy necessarily. It's something that's possibly unexplained, although you could say there might be a conspiracy to cover up what actually happened. Another thing I wonder about, but I'm not sure if you were getting at, is uh, whether or not meteorite would actually be a proper word there. Wow! Ding, 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 I, I am in, I'm impressed. <laughs> Fletcher, you've made up for last time. <laughs> Fletcher, you've done it. I didn't see this, <laughs> Kathy didn't see it, but a lot of space people did. You're co- completely correct on that. A meteorite is a fallen meteor that has hit the ground. A meteor is a shooting star of small piece of space rock or metal which is entering the Earth's atmosphere. Another quick question, what's a meteoroid? Um, let's see, the meteor is in the atmosphere, the meteorite has hit the ground, a meteoroid, no, I don't, I don't know what a meteoroid might be. It's a pre-meteor. <laughs> so we have meteor, meteoroid is the particle in interplanetary space. Okay. Meteor hits the, uh, I guess it hits the atmosphere, meteorite hits the ground. I never knew any of those distinctions. And it was interesting because we went to a couple of astronomy blogs and astronomy people really get all head up about people using the incorrect words, which I never would have guessed. One guy goes, people want to appear more intelligent than they really are. So they say meteorite when they say it should say meteor. I didn't realize this, but at your next physics or astronomy conference, make sure you know the distinction. <laughs> I never really, I realized how little I thought about it. Like if, if you just said, yeah, meteorite, meteor, whatever, I'd be like, mm-hmm, th- chunk. To me, just chunk of stuff in space. <laughs> That's what you know I what think, I mean? too. <laughs> and I was happy with my ignorance. <laughs> this episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod or email me at Powell at KMUW.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or even a review at Apple Podcasts. The book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that at your local independent bookstore. Order online if you have to. Also, be sure to check out Kathy and Ross's most recent book, Awkward Moments. That's word, like what we're talking about, awkward, W-O-R-D. Awkward Moments, a lively guide to the 100 terms smart people should know. And, of course, Kathy and Ross have written a lot more. They're always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, kandrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.